Welcome, listeners. Please be advised, the content of this podcast is sexual in nature. So if that makes you uncomfortable or you have little ones listening, here's your heads up to hit pause. Also, please note, Amy is not a doctor. Please make sure you always seek professional medical counsel if you are experiencing any sexually related symptoms that are distressing or painful. And welcome back to the Orgasm Lab and to the final part of my orgasm journey. No more black and white. Now, I see in colour. So, for the last time, this is where we left off. I would need to train the erotic pathways in my brain to connect to my body and back again. Because, basically... Those pathways had all but disappeared through lack of use. In the same way that muscles can atrophy if you don't use them. Because I hadn't been using any of the muscles or mental pathways, I really needed to start slowly building them up again. Basically, I had a lot of catching up to do. So for my first assignment, I was to start working on building up my erotic imagination, my fantasy life. You should know that I literally could not remember the last time that I fantasized about anything sexual. I literally can't remember. And that's basically because I'd been avoiding anything of this sort for years. I mean, what was the point? I clearly needed to build up and strengthen the pitiful erotic pathways in my brain. So I was told to spend two minutes a day thinking about something erotic. I was given a full list of places to find erotic stories, erotic art, and of course, visual erotica, including porn, to help me use these two minutes well. I'm not going to lie. I felt pretty uncomfortable about watching porn, even though I was recommended very high quality, you know, female made for women kind of stuff. So I started out by reading whole bunch of short erotic stories. I read one every day. And at first, it was just fun having an excuse to read something like this. And then after a little while, I realized that I was looking forward to my two little minutes. At the clinic at the next appointment, they nodded their heads when I described this. And they said that one of the first signs that the testosterone is working is just this. This feeling of being open, open to doing the reading, not turned on necessarily or fired up to have sex, just open. After a couple of weeks, I started to notice that I was thinking erotic things on my own, out of the blue. 
my brain was starting to think erotically on its own, which is really important. The old saying that the brain is the biggest sex organ is not a saying for no reason. I have learned now just how powerful our brains are and just how important they are to a woman's ability to have an orgasm. So (laughs) once again, there's going to be another episode on how we can help train our brains, what we can do to help us experience more pleasure. Guys, it has rocked my world, some of this stuff, and I can't wait to share it with you. In my next session, I was given more homework. This time, it was safe touch therapy to do with my husband. This exercise was designed to help me learn to enjoy touch again. And the exercise went like this. Laying down comfortably somewhere at a safe time when there are no distractions. One of you is designated to be the giver and one of you the receiver. The giver touches their partner on any part of their body, but not the breasts and not the genitals. Like I said, safe touching. (laughs) Anyway, they do this in as many pleasurable ways as they can think of. So you can think uh, massage, very light touching, all kinds of things. And the receiver should really try and be in the moment. Close their eyes and concentrate on receiving the touch, trying to let go and enjoy the experience, be in the moment. And then you communicate back to your partner which of those touches you preferred. I realized later on that this activity, it helps strengthen the connections between the skin and the brain. You know, the more you use one part of the brain, the stronger and faster it can work. And I was like, Let's build muscle, baby. Let's do this. We were told to do this at least once a week. And so we did. Again, another episode. (laughs) I want to talk more about some of these exercises. Because for us women, the ability to orgasm has so much to do with the amount of trust and comfortability we are able to feel with our partners. And we need to be able to do this naked which can be really hard for a lot of us. And I think that there are some really, really good techniques and ideas and I guess little pieces of homework that you and your partner can do on your own that can really, really help. At my next appointment, it had been close to six months since I'd started taking the Wellbutrin and the testosterone replacement therapy and I was slowly starting to notice a difference. I would read a short erotic story and notice that I would feel what I can only describe as being aroused. My sexual body was slowly waking up. I found myself unconsciously squeezing my thighs together and I would feel a warmth in my skin. And every now and then I would notice that my genitals felt more swollen and it felt really nice. It was cool. My body was responding in a very physical way from something that I was doing mentally. And a couple of times I was also open to having sex. I wasn't able to climax, but I was open to, you know, trying to enjoy the experience more. 
my triggers were noticeably weakening. Around this time, I also moved from using the testosterone gel daily to getting something called a biosimilar testosterone pellet. They are small little tablet looking things that release testosterone slowly and consistently over time into the body. They're about the size of a grain of rice and they place them into the muscle in my bum, in my buttocks. I decided to do this because one, I needed a slightly higher dose, which this would give me, and two, the pellets worked at releasing testosterone for three months at a time. I didn't have to worry about forgetting to do the gel every day, and for me, this was a new Bruno. The cheer squad kept pushing me. Around seven months into treatment, I arrived for my usual appointment, and there was a box sitting on the table in the conference room. I was ready for them to walk me through another exercise that I would take home and do. Instead though, I was told to take this box into one of their other rooms and to spend the remainder of my time in there. But what was in the box? It was full of vibrators. I was gobsmacked. I think I might have even blushed, which I never do. Then they began to explain why they were offering this. Vibrators can be an exceptional tool for the woman who struggles to orgasm. The problem is this. There are so many and often they're really expensive. So how do you know which one to get? It's not like you can order one, try it and send it back like clothes from ASOS or something. What if you end up getting one that you really don't like? What if it's too intense? What if it's too noisy? It can all be pretty overwhelming when you're looking online. So what my cheer squad did was buy a whole bunch of different vibrators, put them in a box and offer them to women like me to try. Don't worry, they also provided the necessary bits and bobs to make sure that this was done in a sanitary manner. Uh, basically condoms. So yes, what you're thinking actually totally happened. I went into a gynecological exam room of all things with a box full of vibrators and condoms and a bottle of lube. I was trying to be open to the process so I tried a couple of vibrators uh, which in general if you don't know look a little bit like a cucumber they tend to have different modes where you can choose the intensity and pattern of vibration. The vibrating patterns can feel a bit like Morse code or can make the vibrating fade in and out like a wave. Anyway, did I orgasm? No. I'm not sure if it was the exam chair that I was on or the lubed up condom covered vibrators that put me off, but I can say that I definitely appreciated being able to get, you know, a really good look at the range of vibrators that are on the market. Another little quick aside, on my website, theorgasmlab.com, I am actually starting to review a whole bunch of vibrators and sex toys, and I'm going to give you my honest feedback about what I really think about them. So look out for those as well. Anyway, I left the session maybe a little disappointed because I hadn't had an orgasm but also aware that 
in a situation like that, for someone like me, it was always going to be a struggle. But it got me thinking. I didn't enjoy a lot of the vibrators that were in the box. And I think that's because generally I've always found these kind of vibrators to leave my clitoris and vulva just kind of worn out, so to speak. So I got thinking, was there something else out there that didn't vibrate? I started to do some research on the latest types of toys that were on the market. And I stumbled across something called the Womanizer. Now, the Womanizer is an entirely different type of vibrator. In fact, I think it deserves its own kind of category. It looks similar to a lot of vibrators, except that it has what looks like uh, an octopus's suction pad on the end of it. Actually, maybe it's more like a suction pod. And when you turn it on and place the pod over your clitoris, it creates a gentle vacuum of sorts. And it feels and sounds like its little engine is also pushing air out or vibrations out at a set pulse. There are different strengths you can choose, uh, which change the intensity of the suction and the pulse. They call it pleasure air technology. These guys were the first to come up with it. I actually have an interview with someone who works there and oh my gosh, you have to listen to how it was invented. It was the best. So this sucking action, it got me thinking, why would they want a device to do that? And it turns out that this sucking action can draw blood to the clitoral area. But why is that important? Well, it turns out that just like when a man is aroused, his penis fills up with blood to make it erect. Well, a woman's clitoris and vulva also swell with blood when they're aroused. Now, if you were to suck, say, your arm, it will draw blood to that area. So I thought if you need blood to come to your clitoris and vulva in order to have an orgasm and sucking can potentially help then the womanizer creators might be onto something. When my womanizer arrived in the mail, I was about nine months into treatment. First try with the womanizer was a little bit disappointing. I didn't have a raging orgasm, but I will say that it did feel nice. Also, I didn't try it at a great time. It was the middle of the day. I have kids. <laughs> Enough said. So a couple of nights later, my husband and I were having some sexy time together. Uh, we were trying something new out and we were experimenting with masturbating together as a sexy activity. Uh, to say that we had come a long way together in, in uh, our ability to communicate sexual things is an understatement. I would never in a million years have asked to do this, even six months prior. But it just goes to show you what doing all this kind of homework can do. And by the way, masturbating separately but together, it's great. As a woman, you will always know your body better. And for the men, the visual is epic. Watching your woman masturbate and getting to masturbate yourself while watching 
I mean, for the guys, it's off the charts awesome. Men are visual creatures. We all know this. Anyway, back to the story. We're doing our thing and I decided, hey, why don't I try the womanizer again? My headspace is a lot clearer and I was already feeling a little bit aroused. And so I started her up. And my body immediately reacted differently, which, by the way, is a really interesting thing. So very quick tip about using a vibrator of any description if you're having trouble sort of getting into the zone. The best thing to do actually is to help yourself become aroused before you use the vibrator. So read some erotica or close your eyes and spend some time fantasizing. And what this will do is help set up your brain and your body to receive that kind of stimulation rather than going from zero to 100 straight away and essentially kind of shocking your system. Oh my goodness, I've got so many other tips that I want to share, but I will leave those for another time. So back to the story. The suction and the pressure from the womanizer felt really, really nice. And I noticed myself becoming more and more aware of this warm sensation in my genitals. There was this energy that was building around my vulva and clitoris. And my husband encouraged me to just let myself turn inwards. And the next thing I knew, I felt this tension start to build. I went with it and I tried not to be embarrassed about my legs feeling like they just wanted to stretch and tense. And I turned it up to the next level, the womanizer. And instead of it feeling like it was too much, like all the other vibrators did, it felt just right. And then it happened. I felt this build up and then release. It was like a wave. I've known a lot of people to describe it like that, but I was actually experiencing it for myself. I started to cry. It felt like nothing else I'd ever felt in my life. The physical and emotional release I felt was so powerful. I had just had my very first orgasm. This is what I've been missing out on. I was basking in my happiness when out of nowhere, crazy as this sounds, the tension started to build again. I know it sounds crazy, but here's the truth. The very first time I experienced an orgasm, I didn't just experience one. I experienced many. It was like floating in the ocean. I'd float up the front of the wave, reach climax, and then float down on the other side again, only to feel the next wave slowly taking me up again. I literally couldn't believe it. I called my sister straight away and let her know I was on a high. I'd never had an orgasm before, and now, now I was having many. These days, I am happy to report that I love to have sex. <laughs> and I love my body that it can do this now, that I can have an orgasm. 
And I am so excited to share with you what's coming next. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> in the following episodes, I have enlisted the help of experts in the field of female orgasm to help us better understand how the female orgasm works, what our bodies need in order to have one, and what can go wrong. And most importantly, what can be done to help women who struggle? You can always find more at theorgasmlab.com. Wow, that's a wrap. Thank you, honestly, for listening to my story. I'm Amy Nasseri, and this is The Orgasm Lab. Special thanks to my editor, Laura Pierce, to Tally Gale for her voiceovers, and to Andrea Whitkins for her incredible music, and also to Epidemic Sound for all the other music. You can find all the details in the podcast description on my website at www.theorgasmlab.com. Strange enough to make the